Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. you know, if you're really finding yourself struggling, like what are the safe foods that you're going to give yourself permission to spend the extra money on? And then like allocate 30 minutes to just look online and search up, what can I do with chicken nuggets? (laughs) What to do with leftover mac and cheese? There is so much. There's so many ideas and recipes. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy, and this week we are super excited. We got a question from one of our favorite podcasters, Heather from The Okayest Moms. We've been on their show. We're so excited to have Heather here. We were with her in person in California, and she was like, you guys, I have so many questions for you. And we're like, dude, record them and send them to us, and we're going to answer them. So she did. How awesome is that? But before we get into Heather's question, we just want to very quickly invite you to the Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community where we're answering questions all the time. Yes. (laughs) There's a totally free message board to anyone. You join, you just share an email. We don't share that email with anyone. It includes meal planning support, recipe and product suggestions, direct access to us. Literally, we are answering questions in there on the daily. 
on the daily, Monday through Friday. And if you're able to support Didn't I Just Feed You, this summer we changed up our community membership options to give more choices at more affordable price points. And we'd love to have you as a supporting member too, if you're able. We've got some new member benefits, including access to Didn't I Just Feed You recipes and those bonus episodes. To learn more, go to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Also, I just want to add, Heather is a professional podcaster, but like, Anyone can record a voicemail. We have voicemail capability on our website, I think, still. And we would answer any question of any audio recording at any time. It is helpful. Help us help you. Jerry Maguire us. Literally, you could record something on your phone, a voice memo, and then email it to us. Hello at denijustfeedyou.com. And we will, if we think it's a question that's really helpful, you guys, we can't email everyone back. We get so much email. It's overwhelming. But we really do want to hear from you. And we want to make sure that our content is answering your questions. So Heather did the work to ask us a question. And we're answering it. Let's hear from her and then get into it. Hi, Megan and Stacey. This is Heather from OKS Moms, the podcast. I have a question for you guys, which has been plaguing me for months now. The cost of groceries seems like it's getting higher and higher, and I'm very thankful that for the most part, my family can absorb the cost. The problem I'm running into is that I have a pretty picky eater and another eater who's a little less picky, but definitely more ritualized in her eating. And so there's certain things that I feel like I have to buy to successfully feed my children in a peaceful way. but also it's cutting into my budget. So how do I try and introduce new foods and also give my kids their quote safe foods while also being able to eat the things that I want to eat? The other problem I'm kind of having that falls under this umbrella is not giving, passing down any weird diet culture kind of problems and the food waste of it all. It just feels like this one little problem that started as how to maximize the grocery budget has blown up into all these other little spot fires. And I would love any help you guys could give. Megan, do you have a lot to say? This is a (laughs) multi-layered question. And here, here's the thing, right? Like this is a, I think everyone's grappling with the increase in grocery prices, like we're going to have to do a whole, we could do a whole series about budget cooking. Honestly, I think everyone's grappling with not passing down diet culture. I'm, I interpreted this here to mean like, I don't want to be forcing my kids to finish their dinner if they're full, but I also don't want to avoid food waste. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to avoid food waste because we care about the environment. We want to have our planet last a long time, but also because we paid money, good money for those groceries. I'm not sure where to start. Do you have, are you like first blush? Like this is where we start. I'm so okay. excited about this question because I feel like this is one where I really like when I first listened to Heather's question, a lot of what immediately came to mind for me was from my child development experience before my yeah. food experience. Okay. So maybe that's the place to start. And I know we're going to get into like food specifics. There's lots of practical things there. Yeah. Okay. But number one, I feel like I love that Heather asked this question and is grappling with it because I just want to emphasize that I think it's great 
that she's taking her kids' preferences so seriously. Yes. And, you know, picky eating exists on a spectrum. And a lot of times, and I've done this too, so this is not, I'm not judging, I'm not wagging a finger, but a lot of times food experts, when they're thinking about food more than they're thinking about thinking about child development, are like, oh, it's just a power struggle. Just keep, keep at it. Put those 12 things in front of them. And that is true for a huge swath of kids in the middle. But for kids who are neurodivergent in all different ways, sometimes not for all of them, it's a much bigger deal than that. This idea that kids will eat when they're hungry. I literally have said this to parents. That is not always true. Not all kids will eat when they're hungry. There are some kids who will not. Now, usually, again, that that's clustered with other behaviors that parents are probably aware of and have identified or in the process of identifying. You know, so being really serious about like understanding why your picky eater is a picky eater and deciding how to prioritize their safe foods in your grocery budget is really important and not something that should be done lightly necessarily and not something that you should like throw to the bottom of the list. Like for some kids, if they only eat one brand of chicken nuggets and those chicken nuggets are expensive, I say maybe cut somewhere else and continue buying that one brand of chicken nuggets. That might be really important in your household. And I don't think you should feel bad about it. I know it's frustrating. I know it might feel like you have to give up something that you feel like you could buy for yourself. And that's annoying. I don't know. And I'm also, I have this like child development hat on of thinking about the time of year we're in where kids are in a transition time. Right. So if we're going to be talking about this in real time and, you know, inflation right now is happening. Well, kids are also starting to go back to school or in the first few weeks of school, but this is not the time for a lot of kids that you want to start like changing food on them willy nilly, especially home food. They're back to school. Like it's a new cafeteria classroom. Yeah. Even, yeah. Even if they're at the same school, it's a new classroom. It's new kids. It's new dynamics. They're different. They're changed, grown from the summer. You know, they've had these lived experiences. So I don't know that it's like the thing that a parent wants to hear, but like, I would prioritize safe foods depending on your kid. Like, I think that that's like a legitimate thing that needs to be said. The other thing that came to mind for me was that if you make decisions that changes their routine on them because you think your child is capable or ready to deal with that, expect there to be a transition, expect there to be some food waste and figure out how you're going to best deal with that. And both from a budget perspective and from an emotional perspective and talk to them about it. And if you're afraid that you're getting into diet culture thing, and maybe even if not, I think it's important to talk to kids about money. Yes. Okay. So I talked to my kids about money and we talked about it from when they were young after reading a book that really like influenced me how not to raise spoiled kids or something like that. I'll link to it in the show notes. Okay. But talk to them, talk to them about how you're budgeting, talk to them about how you have to make different decisions, sit down with them and then give them some power and control. Like, I know you love these chicken nuggets, but they're not the only ones you eat. I know they're your favorite. And I know that like, you're just starting a new classroom and you'd like to get those, but like, this is how much they cost. We need to buy all this other stuff. I'm cutting in the budget. Like, can you help me? 
Yeah. Like engage them in the process and talk to them. Also, this is not budget related, so it's really interesting. But I had a conversation with my kids this summer about screen time where I was like, here, my con- I, like, we've been having a lot. Here are my concerns. And then I offered like three solution, three or four solutions and let them, like the solution that we ultimately came to was a collaboration with all of us. And my kids are 10 and seven. Mm-hmm. Like they're not teenagers like your kids are like, they were able to understand what my concerns were, have their, like voice their own concerns and then offer solutions. And so if the subject is like chicken nuggets and you can be like, hey, so one option might be like, we have them less or you have less of them at other meals, which means you have to fill up on other things like, or we switch brands to something Mm -hmm. that's less expensive or, and, or there's a, there's some combination in there of all of those things too. I think you might be really surprised and delighted by what comes out of having a real talk conversation with you. I agree with you. The one little asterisk that I'm going to put out there is that neither of us are child psychologists. Yes. And I would say that if your child has experienced food insecurity, whether it's your biological child and your family has experienced food insecurity, or maybe it's uh, you're feeding a foster child or an adopted child who's had experiences outside of your home and your family structure, then I would be like more careful. I'm not qualified to say like what you should do. do, but, you know, talking about budget and food and like having to make hard decisions might be emotionally triggering. Yes. So just going to put that out there. But I think outside of that, I, you know, it's a, like, it's a budget, you know, and a kid like Oliver would have liked the challenge. Like he loves numbers. He loves math. He loves challenging, being challenged with like problems and he loves helping. He's kind of an aggressive, (laughs) like, wow. Aggressively to that. Aggressively helpful. (laughs) He is aggressively helpful. This summer at one point, I was like, dude, if people don't want your help, I don't care how helpful you think the information you have is. It's not helpful. Like, please step back. Okay, damn. I'll, I'll listen. Thanks. <laughs> I had to tell him. I had to tell him. No, Brian has to reel me in all the time. He's like, they did not ask for that. <laughs> Leave them alone. You don't need to add anything to your plate. Go away. Okay. Anyway. Step away. Okay. He would have loved to go to the grocery, you know, like I don't normally, when he was little, I tried to go to the grocery store without my kids, but like, great. Like come to the grocery store with me. Like here's your charge. Go look at the chicken nugget aisle, figure it out. This is the price. Like make it a little game. He would have loved that. Yeah. So that's my first blush. Okay. What's your first blush? Well, I think we have to talk about the the diet culture thing, especially if we're going to say, if one part of the advice we're offering is like, okay, maybe you change up the portion of that favorite Ooh, safe portion. food. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like if you're, I, we keep coming back to chicken nuggets, but I think it's a great <laughs> example because I had this and we shared it on our private Instagram, mm-hmm. the bear, just bear chicken nuggets that my family loves. They have like doubled in price for the same bag. So I have had like, I, that's something I would throw in my cart without even thinking about it for I, who knows when the price increase happened because I was just like, yep, this is a go-to meal. Yes. Throw it in the cart. No, nope, Add to cart. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I was like, 
you are charging me $18 for a 20 ounce bag of chicken nuggets? Yep. I really have to question that. So anyways, chicken nuggets are a great example. If we're going to change the portion that we're offering our kids, there is the risk of that coming across as like we are managing their food, especially when, when the ultimate goal should be like we're honoring their hungry, if they're, they're hunger, if they're hungry for six chicken nuggets, giving them four might send the wrong message. So I think that's another place to talk to them about it. And then also maybe offer other foods that are not like, that are still on the safe list, but maybe less expensive and higher portions. Totally. So like if they love a fruit or vegetable, or maybe it's bread, cause that can sometimes be affordable and be safe. Maybe we offer a higher portion and then I think the onus is really on us as the primary cooks, as the parents to say, okay, well, if I cook this whole bag of chicken nuggets and they don't get eaten, then what am I doing to like repurpose, reuse them or eat them up in a way where I'm not wasting that money? Totally. And that's like, I, th- I find that the most exciting part of this question. Cause then it, it, it's a call to be creative. I think it's a stressful thing for other cooks though. I know. I think that's like the most stressful thing. Yeah. I want to talk more about that, but I will say again, going back to the portion thing, bringing it back to money, if that's really what it's about. Yeah. Because we traveled for three weeks this summer and Oliver has a hard time making decisions and has a huge appetite. And after a week and a half, Mike was like, okay, dude, we can always order more. Stop. Like you're ordering so many things. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. Like, and then we're paying a lot of money to eat these restaurant meals. We have to eat in restaurants or room service for the next three weeks. Right. And And then there's all these food ways. Yeah. It's, it's just too much. And like when you're in a hotel, like you don't, it's not the same to bring the leftovers back to your hotel room, even when there's a little fridge. So, you know, like understanding, just making sure that they understand there's still plenty of food available to them if they're hungry, but that this food is expensive and we don't want to waste you're 13 almost. You don't need to have a ribeye <laughs> at the <laughs> restaurant that's like too big for you. Yes. But can we share a ribeye and then get a salad or something? I don't know. You know, so I do think that there's a budget component in a way that you can talk to them about it. I love the language of you can, we can always order more. You can always have more. Can always I'm going to start you with four chicken yes. nuggets. There are more in the kitchen. Totally. We can make more. There's more, but we can get more. We can get more next time we're at the grocery totally. store. I love that language totally. of it's available. Don't be yes. anxious. It's available to you and I'm not going to limit you, but yes. let's get back to the creative thing because, you know, there's more in the kitchen, but then it turns out that they're fine. They're satisfied with four chicken nuggets and you have some left over. Now, what do you do with it? Do you have any suggestions for people who don't get excited about that? That feels overwhelming. I mean, no. I'm like, do I? Like, Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing that's always helpful in trying to like think of suggestions is there's like not a one size fits all for totally. ingredients or for components of meals or for meal leftovers. So one thing that I think of is like, okay, well, 
if there's leftovers of dinner tonight, I know at least that that covers me for lunch tomorrow. And I don't mind eating whatever it is. Like, I really don't care if it's chicken nuggets and I throw together a salad or it's rice and I make a rice bowl or it's leftover lasagna and I reheat that in the microwave. Like, I don't care. So I, some of it is like changing your mindset, right? I know one of Heather's concerns is like, well, how do I also eat what I want. Yes. And I think there's a mindset shift here. Yeah. Mindset shift. Yeah. Of like, it's nice that I can eat whatever I, like I can eat whatever I want. And like, it's just nice that I don't have to think about what it, what to eat for lunch tomorrow. Cause it's already in the fridge available to me for like a lot of the examples. Think too about like, okay, well, how can I reheat this in a way that I can get another meal out of it, whether it's like for lunches for the kids, if it's their safe food, like, yes, go ahead and pack it for lunch too. Who cares if they eat it two or three or four days in a row? Um, So the air fryer is a great tool for that. Totally. I've been loving my smaller any day cooking vessels for like quick steaming things that are a little bit more delicate. So yeah, thinking about how to reheat things and re, especially if they're the safe foods and just get them like stretch those further. And then like on the, so those feel like not stressful. Like, okay, you're repurposing, you're eating up those leftovers as lunch for yourself or packing them for lunch, reheating them creatively. So they're delicious again. And then I get excited about like, okay, well there's leftovers. How can I make them exciting for myself? Like, can I make fried chicken tacos or something for my lunch or for another dinner that makes it exciting for the whole family. Um, yeah. What about you? Do you have advice for those home cooks who are not excited about getting creative in order to save money? I mean, it's, it's really hard because it's about ideas and that's like a lot of people will say like, Oh, I don't meal plan. Cause I never know. And like, I don't know what to cook for dinner. It's hard to fill that gap. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how you generate ideas, but you know, if you're really finding yourself struggling, like what are the safe foods that you're going to give yourself permission to spend the extra money on? Right. Cause that's where we started. Like buy them the chicken nuggets, buy them the mac and cheese, whatever. And then like allocate 30 minutes to just look online and search up. What can I do with chicken nuggets, <laughs> chicken yeah. nuggets, salads, like what to do with leftover mac and cheese. There is so much there's so many ideas. Make a Pinterest space. board. hundred percent. Go on to Pinterest. Like then, and do, you could do that like one hour, one week, and then just constantly yes, refer exactly. to that board. Exactly. For me, it is just about being creative. But if you feel like you're not a creative cook and you're not like trying to become one and you don't care, you just want some solutions, just then go online and look up some solutions, make a little list, like you said, and that's it. Before we get into the rest of this week's episode, let's take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Y'all, by now you know that we're huge fans of KiwiCo. And actually, it's not just us. Our kids are big fans too. And Yummy Crate, the latest KiwiCo subscription line, has only made them even more excited to tear into their monthly KiwiCo delivery. Even better than the kids being excited, Yummy Crate has gotten my daughter so excited about cooking that she's looking forward to helping prep school lunches and even help make dinner on some nights. That's amazing. And you know what, Megan? We have proof of that too. This summer on Instagram, we shared the burgers that she made with one of her recent Yummy Crates. And I say that counts as full-on dinner help. Plus, they looked delicious. 
They were, and the whole process was simple too. Each month, Yummy Crate delivers high quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects that teach kitchen skills and get kids cooking. Before each crate arrives, you also get a shopping list that includes alternative ingredients to accommodate different diets from vegetarian to vegan. Done and done. KiwiGo is designed to foster a love of science and cooking in kids ages 6 to 14 with recipes and activities that explore hands-on experimentation. And there it is, all really happening in your very own kitchen. And it can happen in yours too. Feed your kids curiosity this fall with hands-on kitchen experiments with Yummy Crate from KiwiCo. It's easy with no commitment. You can pause or cancel anytime. And didn't I just feed you listeners get 50% off their first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Last year, both Stacey and I discovered Nutrafol, a supplement that supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. We've been so thrilled with the results that in 2022, we want to make sure every woman knows about Nutrafol. Because as it turns out, 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through seasons when hair loss and thinning are normal, like postpartum and premenopausal, and all the times in between. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, and more than 1,500 doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. Most importantly, Nutrafol is 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages, so you get the most reliable results. And major bonus, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and my favorite, better skin and nails. No matter your stage in life or whether you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, hormonal changes, overstyling, or some other reason, there's a Nutrafol product for you. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for personalized product recommendations. Grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code D-I-J-F-Y to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus get free shipping on every order. That's $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code D-I-J-F-Y. I want to, if you feel ready to move on, there's another aspect of Heather's question that we haven't talked about, which is like embedded in her question is how do I get my picky eater to try new foods? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's in there too. I think we started with writing a sort of permission slip, if you will, to not have to embark on that, especially this time of year, especially if it's hard for your kids. But what if you have a kid who you think really is ready and you really don't want to sacrifice something for yourself and their chicken nuggets really are too freaking expensive right now? Is this the time or how would you introduce new foods? Yeah, that's a great question. I also think in here too is the like, and this ties to the diet culture thing, like 
We all want to raise our kids with only good experiences. Not maybe that's not our, our intention, but some of these questions lead to that. Like uh, we don't want to traumatize them. We don't want them. But like there are they are going to be challenged in some ways, and so it's like nice air quotes, mm-hmm. nice to challenge them in the safety of their own routine and at home and you can be their safe space and know that like, if it's a total flop, you probably can pull off a peanut butter and jelly at the very least. Totally. I know that that's actually real to Heather's life. Yes. <laughs> Cause we've talked about it offline, but I think always when you're introducing new foods, trying to introduce them in a smaller portion where they're not the the main part of the meal, even if it's like a main dish kind of thing. So then you're wasting less food if you're doing it in a smaller portion. And then always having some sort of like safe food or comfort food. Maybe comfort's not the right food, but like something that is easy for them to eat on the table makes the new food more approachable. Totally. I think also building on their safe food. So we've been talking about chicken nuggets the whole time. Then making chicken cutlets, like mm-hmm. breading them yourself. If they always eat their chicken nuggets with barbecue sauce, having barbecue sauce on the table to accompany the, you know, you might top yours with an arugula salad and Parmesan, but they can have it with barbecue sauce, which also gets into a practical food thing, which may not be everyone's favorite thing to hear, but if you're really looking to save money on groceries, buying in bulk, not buying the pre-made thing is always going to save you money. So, right? The chicken nugget, the relationship between a breaded chicken cutlet that you've made in a chicken nugget, pound for pound, you're paying less to buy the cutlets and the breadcrumbs and the eggs and the flour and to make it yourself. This is why I'm upset about the just beer price increase. Because I'm like, for $18, I can buy all of the ingredients exactly. to do it. And you'll have way more breadcrumbs that'll last you many yep. weeks. Yep. Flour, eggs, you're going to use in a million other ways. You know, and then you can go really a step further, which I know people aren't ready. This is for another episode. But like, you know, if you're talking about chicken or you're talking about meat, which is really expensive right now, buying either the cheaper cuts and making it work buying the whole bird and learning how to break it down. Shameless plug, winner, winner, chicken dinner literally has photos step by step. Yeah. But I've been doing it more lately just because I don't know, I've been in the mood. I go in and out and like, it is so much cheaper. I can just buy two whole birds and I get four drumsticks. I make cutlets out of the breasts. Like it's so much more affordable. So making stuff homemade yeah. But the things you make homemade building off of their safe foods, if they like box mac yes. and cheese and they're open, make it from scratch so much cheaper and a much bigger portion. I will add to that as much as you're able, especially if you're having these conversations. I know, again, this has to do with like your kids cooking capability and their their neuro diversions, if there are any like get making them involved in it. Like, okay, I know you love chicken nuggets. Let's make chicken nuggets together. Or like, I know you love mac and cheese. Help me grate the cheese for it. Um, giving them ownership of their favorite foods and also new foods helps them be more excited to eat them. And going back to your point about choices, like here are three possible new foods we can try. Like, what do you think? What works for you? 
pulling them into the process is really, really helpful. Yeah. I also want to say, I know like bribery, we don't want to tie bribery (laughs) to food necessarily like, oh, eat this quinoa and then you'll get a brownie, but you could get creative and be like, let's do like a new foods family challenge. And this week we're going to try two new foods. And then the celebration is like, we have a family movie night. I love that. That's really fun. Or like, you know, you will play. (laughs) This is me revealing my own parenting things like, oh, if we do this, if you try two new foods this week, we can play, I don't know, Roblox together (laughs) for an hour. It's like, I couldn't. I couldn't want to play Roblox any less. Okay. But guess what I guess what I've been learning this summer. Uh ready for it? Dungeons and yes. Dragons. Yes. I promised Oliver That's I would spend best. 10 to 20 minutes a day maximum slowly learning how to play and building a character to play with him. Amazing. But yeah, it's a great tool for getting what so you need done. It is. I don't want to be like, oh, it's not bribery. It's a reward system. <laughs> there you go. Is bribery. I like it. But like, let's not tie it to food so that yes, it's not the totally. diet culture pull. Yeah. I'm going to say something that kind of works on the other end of the spectrum. Like if you don't think that works for you or your kid or whatever, I was going to say when you try new foods to keep your stress down and to not put pressure on them and get upset with them or even show them visible discomfort with them not finishing or maybe not even trying what you put on the table. Make sure that if you're going to really experiment, you're you're making something that you like <laughs> mm-hmm. because that will help you with food waste. Because trying something completely new, woohoo! And then, for yeah, for everybody. And then you're like, I don't really like this either. Like that's more likely to become food waste. Whereas like, yes. if you try something, you're like, I really like minestrone soup. I don't know if my kids will like it, but it's really, I can take all those gorgeous farmer's market vegetables that are still great. And then just inexpensive beans, some pasta, and that will last so long. If you know you like it, you can eat that for lunches. You can eat that for dinners. You can freeze it and have it for the future. It won't go to waste. Yeah, that's really important. And it gets to Heather's question of like, how do I also have my own food joy too? I love that she included that as part of her. Like she wants to eat. She She wants to eat stuff she's excited about. She's doing all the work. She does. And another way to save is the things that you really love. If they're expensive or you don't want to fight with your kids, just buy a you portion. Yeah. Buy a you portion and be like, yay, hooray, pancakes for dinner tonight. And then make that thing for yourself. You have the salmon. Yes. Yes. Totally. I mean, I think that's legitimate too. Like every meal doesn't have to be an opportunity to like work on your child and expand their palate. Yeah. I appreciate that she's asking the question, but like, think about what's going on. And if this is even the time with grocery prices going up with school starting, like, it may or may not be. Yeah. That's up to you. This is probably an extreme example too, but like while we were on vacation with Patty and we were at the beach, their two kids and Ella, they do not like seafood, but that's like the only thing that Patty, like Patty and her husband Vince want to eat at the beach. Like that makes sense. It's so good there. And it was the first time in a really long time where we were making like an adult dinner mm-hmm. and a kid dinner every single night. 
And I thought maybe that would feel bad or feel like a ton of work, but it didn't. And it's like, that's just another permission slip. We still all ate together. Everybody's plates look different, but like at the end of the day, everyone ate and that's, and we were all together. And that's like also kind of the only thing that matters. I think there's more that even matters there because you're modeling. Yes. Like I'm eating this thing and I'm enjoying it. Even if you don't. And you can offer. Yeah. And then they have the option. And then if you have a kid who's willing and they're like, oh, I'll take a nibble. And then they like it. Be like, great. Well, this is something that we can incorporate. Like there's still so much learning and good stuff happening at a table, even when parents and kids are eating different foods. Yes. And I think we need to normalize that as language, like, especially in food media. It's like this idea that everyone's sitting down and having the same meal every night is kind of bullshit. Like even the, the best families with the most healthy relationship to foods have nights where everyone's plate looks a little bit different. And so it's okay if they're totally different some nights of the week. And I know that that can sound more expensive, but maybe you're able to like buy the cheap box mac and cheese that passes for your kids. And then that, that, and like you only need one box instead of like three boxes to feed the whole family. And then you're able to allocate money to the things that you want to eat. So it's a different way to look at your grocery budget and how to maximize it. I hope we've answered Heather's question. You know, sometimes when we get questions like these, where I like really feel it and you and I tend to lean towards like giving all these permission slips and kind of, instead of giving a ton of like practical answers, we're trying to help broaden the way people think of like food and what's acceptable because food media has been so prescriptive about like, everyone should eat together. And like, this is what it looks like to raise a healthy kid. One size fits all. Right. And we don't subscribe to that way of thinking. It's just like, we really believe in what we're saying. I just hope it's helpful to people. Me too. Yeah. And we're going to have to do, we have to figure out the budget thing. Cause I think that's a big, question for the rest of the year. I do too. I wonder if we could ask in our listeners community, if they have any specific concerns or products or things that they'd like us to tackle because everybody's working kind of on a different budget. I'd love to know, like, like get specific with us guys. Like, tell us what are your real pain points? Like, is there a particular product? Yeah. Is it snacks or... Is it snacks? Is it dairy? Yeah. Is it a beer budget? I don't know. No, Maybe for real. Like for we my should. Real life. <laughs> uh, so let's take it to our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. We hope that you've joined us there. If not, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And if you want those bonus episodes or other goodies, join our supporting community. And hey guys, follow us on Instagram. We are, isn't this genius? At didn't I just feed you? Keep in touch by signing up for our newsletter. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I am Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.